And then you can drill it down even further at the middle school and elementary. Each school is also given a little bit of a, you know, a wiggle room mm-hmm. to say, no, we still want to do things our own way. But it's just so that way, no matter where you live here in Franklin, everybody is still aligning towards that North Star. Yeah. Yeah, for Franklin, that is Franklin Public Radio. Anywhere on the internet, WFPR.FM. And in the local Franklin Mass FM radio dial, 102.9. Here in studio for a chalkboard chat session with school committee member Dave Callahan. Dave, have a good day. How are you doing? I'm doing well. It's, uh, it's Monday. We're starting the week. And... Uh... I'm excited. We're kind of coming in the home stretch of this term for the school this committee, term, yeah. which is wild. It was it was a very quick two years. <laughs> Time and just goes by when you're having fun, right? Yeah, I guess <laughs> I guess we'll say that. <laughs> There's just so much been happening anyway. There has. It's uh, you know. It, I, I, feel like there's so many things where it's like, all right, that's great. You know, I remember like the, the bullying policy, six months, a lot of work, finally kind of went and put a pin in that. And I was like, all right, this is, this is great. Take a moment to breathe. And no, then instantly it was just, it was another issue or the right. budget season, right. but, but right. It's, it's all good fun though. All good. All good. Yeah. So to the listeners, thank you for listening for the regulars. This is, I've already lost track, third or fourth kind of official chalkboard chats. We've done a few prior to that before labeling it as a chalkboard chat. Um, but for the newbies, there was a school committee meeting last week. It's working out schedule-wise to meet on the Monday after. We'll see how that goes. But thank you for taking time to condense the school committee and your point of view and share with the community accordingly. Yeah, absolutely. Because I know, uh, I mean, the, the last meeting that we had was already kind of condensed, mm-hmm. uh, you know, as normal. But yeah, any, any extra information or kind of, right. you know, behind the scenes, we can kind of kick out as we're talking. It's always hopefully helpful to the rest of the community. Give, give a little bit more color to what we certainly see in the meeting that is now captured on audio, YouTube, etc. So you can always get that. But okay, what does that really mean? <laughs> we can get some of the insights behind that and hopefully the people will better understand um, because we do have some challenges. There's a lot going on, but there's still some challenges ahead of us. Oh, absolutely. You know, and that's, Lucas had kind of kicked off one of the, one of the, the issues I think that, that everybody's talking about right now mm-hmm. is the migrant uh, situation in the, the yeah. hotel. And, uh, you know, Lucas, to his credit, and, and Jamie as well, uh, Helen on the town council side to, to his, you know, providing great updates, I feel, every single mm-hmm. meeting. Yeah. But I know at least from our last one, Lucas was able to kind of give us um, some numbers. We talked about this currently... 40 school-aged children, mm-hmm. uh, you know, within the hotel, yep. and that uh, the state has come out with a pricing uh, plan and some dollar amounts mm-hmm. that they're um, they're at the about the state average. Correct. It's kind of coming out too, which this is probably the one and only time I'll say it, it'll it, help us. It'll benefit <laughs> us. Yeah. You know, as as anybody who's listened, you know, to to these conversations or listen to me for more than five minutes, you know, Franklin right now is a per pupil basis, Mm -hmm. the bottom 80%, you know, uh, uh, 20%, 80% spend more and invest more in their students. So this is the one opportunity where kind of being below average, I think might actually behoove us a little bit. Um, And uh, in the state as well, they've 
they're in talks. There's still some question marks. Mm -hmm. But uh, what the plan is right now is that for those dollars, they're going to be paying it out as like a quarterly mm -hmm. uh, reimbursement. Right. And, uh, you know, certainly for those who are interested in that or kind of curious, you know, I, I know that Superintendent Tagir is going to continue just to kind of mm -hmm. roll that out at the superintendent's report. And, sure. and we'll be asking as well. Yeah, and Jamie, as you were, I think, on the town council side and town council meetings on his uh, administrator's report, he has the line in there for migrant housing status. And I've been extracting that audio a few minutes, and I think the shortest was this past week was eight minutes, but he sometimes 20, 25 minutes, and I've been extracting that as a separate audio, and those have been getting uh, well played. Because clearly, that is a conversation. And at least coming from Jamie's mouth and uh, Superintendent Jaguar's mouth, that's the story. <laughs> there may be some other things you're hearing, but if they're not saying it, then I don't necessarily agree with some of the other things. Right. I, I got it. Yeah, those uh, both of them have been really every town official that's been a part of mm -hmm. this um, has just been incredible. You know, like they're, they're really trying to tackle the issue to the best ability possible while being as transparent mm -hmm. and open. So a lot of times I know, you know, sometimes it's like, well, how do you how do you not know this? How do you not know? They, they genuinely they've been asking the state uh, for, you know, answers to a lot of these mm -hmm. questions. And the I don't necessarily know if the state at this moment has all their answers. Right. But as soon as they, they, they do, they've been passing it on to, you know, to Jamie and Lucas, mm -hmm. and they've been immediately passing it on to the rest of the community, sure. too. And just quickly in terms of some of the background, because I'm not sure if we talked about it, but I know in some of my other sessions we've talked about it where <clears throat> folks may remember the, Ed Augustus from Dean had left Dean to take the state position. Now he's the head at the cabinet level under uh, Governor Healy leading the housing situation. So he walked into kind of merging a couple departments, starting his new, and now he's got literally the dumpster fire <laughs> to resolve and he's trying to build his program having seen him at least a little bit he started walking the talk when he was here it's going to take him some time but i'm sure he'll get things together at least from an info perspective there may still be some unanswered questions because i'm sure legislatively they're still going to have to juggle some dollars or align some budgets etc cetera, etc cetera, but yeah, some things will take time, but at least we're getting as much info and then continuing to share what we can. Exactly. And so I think, yeah, just for the community at large, you know, you can always kind of tune in to, you know, all those meetings during those those updates, the superintendent's report and the, the TA's update. And then I, I love when you kind of pull out that audio to mm -hmm. say, all right, click here, and then you get the full context right. because there, as soon as that information becomes apparent, it just gets immediately passed down to the community, yep. which is helpful. Yes, for sure. So back to the school committee itself, other than the migrant update, you heard from the Early Childhood Development Center, who has a new principal, and he provided the, their his version of the improvement plan. And for the listeners, if you hadn't already been aware, the district improvement plan was set, and then you had the high school, and then the middle school, and then the elementary, and then ECDC did their thing. Yeah, which was spectacular. You know, first, I love just the, the whole kind of concept about how, you know, from that district improvement, you know, plan and then kind of like, you know, mm -hmm. filtering all the way down is that, you know, you're seeing these, you know, 30,000, you know, foot, you know, goals and these, these uh, benchmarks that the superintendent is expecting all of the district to align to. Right. But then at each different level, 
you know, yeah, the high school, middle, elementary, mm-hmm. and now ECDC, everybody kind of has their own little nuanced way about how they're, mm-hmm. you know, exactly kind of, you know, aligning themselves. And then you can drill it down even further at the middle school and elementary. Each school is also given a little bit of a, you know, a wiggle room mm-hmm. to say, no, we still want to do things our own way. But it's just so that way, no matter where you live here in Franklin, everybody is still aligning towards that North Star. Yeah, the same objectives, the same curriculum, some of the personalization and or approaches can be, you know, to the pandas at Parmenter or to the ladybugs at Kennedy. Respectfully, each has their way of looking at things, but at least by the time they get to the middle school, now they've already covered the same level of curriculum. And then when they go from the three middle schools to the high school, they've covered the same level of curriculum. That makes a whole lot of sense. No, it's and it's great. I love it. And we're going to start to hear more and more, too. There's a whole new spoiler tag, but a, a new literacy <laughs> program that's coming along for K to five. Right. Uh, and there's a lot of alignment uh, along those issues. But yeah, we had the, the ECDC uh, principal come in. So brand new to the district. And it was incredibly exciting to to listen to him, uh, you know, speak and present these goals because he comes in with that fresh set of eyes. Sure. Uh, you know, one of the one of the biggest ones, and I think that kind of got like the like the biggest pop <laughs> from uh, from those in the audience, was you know he he immediately identified a problem, which is that there is no space at ECDC for a school meeting. Yeah, that you know, and it's it's kind of been known like that place is busting at the seams. But sure. he just kind of looked and said, "All right, I know that that space is." you know, is extremely limited. But yeah, where do we have those all school meetings? Or where do we have those opportunities for the families to kind of come on in and do Mm -hmm. a presentation? He was because it just doesn't exist. And but as soon as he, you know, he goes and he identifies a problem, which before was just a known entity. You know, we knew and and it was known that ECDC does not Mm -hmm. have the space. He comes in, he sees the problem and then immediately starts coming up with some incredible solutions. Uh, reaching out and talking to the senior center to mm-hmm. see, you know, what type of opportunities they might be able to, sure. to do. He s- spoke to, to Dean College and about their early childhood programs, you know, made mentions about working and collaborating with the high school and the high school students. But it was just incredibly exciting to kind of see that fresh yeah. set of eyes come in, see a problem, and immediately work to address that problem right. and come up with some really interesting solutions, too. Yeah, and on the two fronts, one, certainly the space. Senior Center is very close. Um, and we know clearly ECDC is part of the Horace Mann Oak complex, but their public public slash gathering facilities are also heavily utilized between the middle school and the, and the elementary school anyway. So there still might be an opportunity for them to do some collaboration. But to your point, at least bringing in the high school students who are in that kind of early childhood realm or with the dean has an early childhood program from an educational perspective to bring them in to help as well perfect opportunity i thought yeah the synergy is it's it's right there mm-hmm. but sometimes you know it's just not necessarily you get into a rut but that you know like you just kind of operate in the same way that that it's been working mm-hmm. And so, you know, for him to kind of come on in with with all these fresh set of eyes, he also made mention to being the only male. To a certain extent, having initially come through on the educational side, I was one of the few males in, even in some of the middle schools and high schools, you tend to get more males at those levels. But visiting into the elementaries, there's not many males in the elementary school, and specifically in ECDC. He was the only one. Right. 
Yeah. And, you know, he's yeah, he's he's it. And he he recognized and, and commented on the the benefit that just that alone brings just mm-hmm. for, you know, for little boys to be able to kind of go and, and see, right. you know, and uh, I think that's just, you know, it's a extra little bonus that mm-hmm. we kind of get by by having that little connection. Right. Um, it's just something a little a little different, but I'm really excited to to see you know how what he'll be able to bring to mm-hmm. ECDC and how moving that forward yeah, and then fo- utilizing that collaboration points to also try and make sure that some of the males come in because I recall I think it was in this past term because it was from Lucas he had used the term kind of windows in mirrors where you need to be able to have the students kind of see themselves in the mirror or at least be able to look through the window to visualize how they could do something. So if you've got an early childhood student, kiddo really, and all they see is females, then that alters, potentially could alter the mindset for the male students. So at least having some, I don't want to say equality, but it's moving towards that diverse environment, that makes it a little bit easier. I mean, it's a societal issue. It's it, there's it, it's not unique to Franklin that most elementary s- teachers are female. I mean, that's the systemic way it has been. Now, clearly, it can change, but <laughs> we're not the only ones that has to make that change. <laughs> yeah, he's just. Uh, and, and he also mentioned too when you kind of talk about like you know with the little ones, you know, because that's that's where he mm-hmm. that's where he lives. That's where sure. he works. Um, that was something that he he also kind of mentioned of you know, his take on it, especially when it comes from like a behavioral standpoint was to really, you know, to, to work with, with the child to help them regulate their emotions a bit better to get back into the, to the classroom. And as I'm listening, you know, as, as a school committee member and, you know, I'm mm-hmm. taking my notes and, you know, I kind of, I'm, I'm thinking he might be going in one direction of just the overall, just educating sure. the child, which is yep. of course fantastic. Yep. All of a sudden, he kind of zags in the other direction and almost talks about it on his, I see dollar signs in terms of when we're able to to help some of the students that are having behavioral issues at, at this level, it's preventing future issues that are going to be coming up, mm-hmm. which a, a lot of times some of those future issues are going to require additional staff. And additional addi- resources, additional support. Yeah, and so to be able to kind of tackle it from at that level to say, you know, not only are we just providing this great education, these amazing services for, mm-hmm. for these students, but what we're doing is teaching them to be better students so that way, you know, in you know, in, in the coming years, there's fewer behavioral issues. They have a under, better understanding about how to regulate their mm-hmm. emotions. It was, it was really exciting mm-hmm. uh, listening to, to what he had to offer. Yeah, the other point that caught my ear, um, as a parent and now a grandparent, <clears throat> sometimes the kiddos, whether ours or others, you can observe, um, they're hesitant when they go to a new place. So to try to, you know, do kind of that, you know, assessment, testing, evaluation the first time they come in can be problematic. Are you really getting the right view of that student and their potential? And he had already learned, he's bringing to us from his experience, he's already learned that having kind of the first visit just being, just come in and play. Just just go have some fun. And then kind of build some familiarity with the place and the space and play. So that the next time you come in, we can have a little bit of adjustment. But then the evaluation 
can be more productive. That's dynamite. Right. And also that with that that whole process, really kind of looking at, I don't want to call it a pipeline, but being mm -hmm. able to kind of look and say, all right, here, here's where we're at, here's what we could be, and working with a lot of the connections, have a better idea about what those enrollment numbers mm -hmm. might be in the future. Because sure. the way, that, you know, it, it was brought up during the meeting, but just to, to kind of reiterate with ECDC is that, you know, certain individuals, certain, uh, you know, children that require additional services believe it age three at age three they start getting identified absolutely yeah. and there becomes that that legal obligation sure. for us to be able to provide them with uh you know with those services mm -hmm. and so you know that it was brought up during the meeting where that sometimes does become a challenge of well how do you anticipate that mm -hmm. enrollment right now you can look and you can say all right we have this many four-year-olds in franklin so next year this is what the kindergarten class is going to look like sure but uh, if you just say, well, there's a whole bunch of two-year-olds, you don't necessarily know what that means when they're going to turn three. But uh, with what he was really looking at was to say, well, we want to kind of connect with a lot of these other services mm -hmm. who are saying, hey, we have you know, 10 two-year-olds that have these services, uh, you know, need these services and are likely to go to you next year. Mm -hmm. So he can already start to kind of build that, like you say, have sure. them come on in, get experience, but also in the back of his mind, note, all right, this is what the enrollment numbers might be looking at next right. year, the year after. Yeah. Uh, it's just really fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because that's the other piece, and I think it was referenced in the meeting. You had added two classrooms last year with two teachers, and then on another classroom and a teacher this year. So I think you referenced like 157, 160 students in the building. That's a lot. And I recall it being generally kind of like 110, 120, 130. Now you. 160 in that space. That's that's interesting. Yeah, the and when we when we do the tours, because we'll kind of mm -hmm. get the opportunity to visit all the sites, you see that, like, literally is, like, busting at the seams, sure. where they just have every closet is, you know, like, if they, if they have space, the opportunity, whatever. it's teacher yeah. space, or if it's not, it's a pull-out section. Mm -hmm. Like, they're doing everything they can on that, but, yeah, they've, they've seen their numbers continually mm -hmm. uh, increase over the years. Right. Yeah, which is one of the happy points to the extent that, and it, we'd have to look, I can't confirm at least based upon the quote the hearsay but we do know we have a, a high performing district and we have a high performing special ed program so it is quite possible that people come here for those reasons and ECDC is a key piece in that so that can be contributing to it how much it's open for speculation but <laughs> But if anybody wants to go and, and crunch the numbers and mm -hmm. you know kind of come up with some some data analysis, I'd be happy. I'm all all ears sure. to, to take a look at it. Definitely. You know, but that was said the extent. There were you know a few other items, but it was a for our penultimate meeting. Mm -hmm. It was a, it was a rather quick one. Right. Uh, however, the right on its heels, we had the joint budget uh, subcommittee. The next it was night. Just the very next day. Yeah. The very next night. Yeah. Um, where, uh, and again, you know, we have members from town council, the FinCom, and then school committee mm -hmm. all coming together. In this case, we really, uh, we got we got a great update from Jamie. Yep. And then also, uh, you know, uh, Lucas and, and Dr. Dutch, the business administrator, uh, were able to present a lot of, a lot of their information mm -hmm. too. Yeah, it was more focused on kind of an update for where we are on the FY24 year and budget which is the current budget current fiscal year 
Um, and that can at least lead us to, well, how are we going to finish the year? What does 2025 look like? Um, and that's where you started alluding, at least from the town side, well, new growth may not make the full amount that they had already estimated. So it could be another quarter million that could come out. And then it's TBD at this point as to exactly how that would result. He's hopeful that maybe some fine tuning will enable to find some places for that before he has to come back to multiple departments and say, we need to do something. So, right. You know, I know, yeah, that was in terms of the, the lack of that new growth, in terms like the sharpening the pencils, mm -hmm. uh, you know, so it's not, it's not, they're not finding any money, but they're really just kind of just digging down a little bit deeper before they have to make any other, mm -hmm. any other cuts. But it's, it's definitely, it's helpful to, to have some of those forecasts. It's worrisome. Yes. It's, you know, um, stomach's always upset every single time I, I leave. <laughs> it's not, it's not a lot of good news in the forecast, but it's at least helpful to be able to talk about it. And I, the fact of all of us coming together mm -hmm. as well, we're not operating in, in silos right. over here. You know, every, the fact that, you know, what the, the MEC, the, the regional dispatch center grant has, has expired impacts the schools just as much as the fact that our ESSER funding is, is exhausted, impacts the rest mm -hmm. of the municipal part. And so to be able to have a lot of those conversations all together so that way everybody's more or less on the same page and right. then be able to disseminate that back to the rest of our committees is, is fantastic. And I'm yep. really glad that, that we've started that on a more regular basis and, mm -hmm. uh, than just around the, the budget. Yeah, there's going to be a lot more conversations, and I think, uh, as Chair Mercer and Jamie alluded to, and it got replayed in the uh, conversation I had with them, the town council quarterbacking, I believe the FinCom next meets November 8th uh, to get into their budget side uh, for year-end close or fiscal year-end close. Uh, town council meets on November 15th, their regular meeting before the election, actually it's after the election, so they'll reorg and then do that. And then the tax rate hearing, November 21st. So I know while, well, November 21st may trigger because I think superintendent also reminded folks that the high school is playing on November 21st at Fenway Park. <laughs> so if you want to go to the high school game, great. <laughs> but there's also a tax rate hearing set <laughs> the same night here. So if you want to do some business, you can. <laughs> yeah, figure everybody gets to choose which more exciting to, to them. I'll, I'll, I'll be in Boston, <laughs> playing Sound Street, but. <laughs> yep, All right. But with, with though, yeah, I mean, this, and, you know, when you, you know, you mentioned like the, the reorganization, because that's uh, obviously elections are are coming up, sure. and there's going to be, uh, especially on on the school committee side, mm -hmm. this a, a lot of turnover. Yeah, four new four new head faces. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, and you know, with only three you know incumbents kind of running again, yep. and so I know that was one of the something that was kind of stated during the joint budget was that we're going to try to reconvene for I think it was for January. January. They're kind of talking yeah. again yeah. with like March April where the schools are going to work. To, we're going to try to present our five year forecast. Correct. But unfortunately, as as pressing of a topic as all of this is, just realistically, it's it's going to take a while for mm -hmm. the you know all the new committees. However, everything shakes down right. on, on in November right. to kind of get back up and running again. Correct. Yeah, because the town certainly will have a reorg as well. Now they potentially could lose one as opposed to you gaining four, so there'll be less on the town side. But 
there's still the process. The departments on the town side still are going through their FY25 initial budget, you know, wish list. This is what we need, et cetera, et cetera. You're already in the process on that, doing that. But then you have to take that four years out, which <laughs> given some of the justifications and some of the questions, et cetera, that, that can be the challenging piece. And then, okay, you make some assumptions. Now, Dr. Dutch and the superintendent then have to come back and bring your seven together and say, this is what we're thinking <laughs> and noodle on that before presenting it for public discussion. Exactly. Yeah. In, in a lot of those assumptions, like, yeah, we really want to make sure we you know, kick the tires on, on every single one. I know that mm -hmm. was something I think it was two joint budget subcommittee meetings ago when one of the assumptions was about I think it was like DPW expenses and yes. um, you know it's being at the two and a half percent mm -hmm. marker and, and if it is that's great that's a wonderful assumption I'm all behind that right. but there was questions about with today's inflation how realistic right. is that yep. and so yeah there's certainly a lot of work and I know that when I kind of first came on on board taking a look at that uh the the policy subcommittee which i had chaired we wound up not even i think our first meeting was in january mm -hmm. and so it it takes a while and so mm -hmm. i'm not sure you know how everything will have our our reorg meeting on november 14th right and uh and then start to kind of put all those pieces together mm -hmm. and then but thankfully though we got you know Superintendent Jagir, Dr. Dutch are running at full steam, mm -hmm. and so I have full faith and confidence that they'll they'll be, they'll be able to work and make that that March right. April yeah. deadline for that five-year forecast. Over the holidays, you just might have some extra reading material and study material to prepare <laughs> as you hit the ground running in January. Yeah, yeah, that's perfect. You know, we got we got some music in the background. We got the Yule log burning, uh, and what better to look at a five-year forecast than right, some some right. economic yeah, assumptions? Definitely. So in terms of the other current events we hadn't discussed, but certainly election November 7th, but even prior to that, October 24th, with the tri-county election. We can put a plug in for people to at least, one, be aware there is a vote October 24th, get info, and obviously cast a ballot. Yeah, because again, with the October 24th, it's just a, a yay or nay on whether or not you know, we, Franklin, as one of the 11, 11. members yeah. uh, of tri-county should should be building a brand new school mm -hmm. but then it's yeah on november though is when we're actually going to be having the vote to on how we're going to finance it correct and uh yeah i know there's a lot of great information out there mm -hmm. tri-county has their own advocates but uh it, it's something that's come up during these joint budget subcommittee you know right now what the plan is is it's about what 2.1 million dollars debt exclusion it is at this point and again the estimates it'll be in the ballpark at mm -hmm. least i think and uh, but if it's if it's not, uh, you know, done as a debt exclusion, you might be looking at it from the operating budget. And you already FY twenty five, you know, is is one of the things we talked about in the joint budget. It's a potential of about like a seven hundred and fifty thousand mm -hmm. dollar uh, deficit. Right. And so if you kind of tack in two point one on top of that, I mean, it's going to be just cuts all over the place. Yeah. Uh, so, but a lot of great information out there. Everybody kind of go and, and do the due diligence. Mm -hmm. But yeah, October twenty fourth is the first one, just for the the yay or nay. Yay or nay. Yeah, and then following on November seventh, there'll be early voting at the town hall, uh, town clerk's office. Mail ballots have already been mailed out, and then certainly day of both the twenty fourth and the seventh at the high school. Um, the 24th doesn't matter what precinct because effectively we're part of the tri-county district so it's just an alphabetical list 
on the seventh, it will be at a precinct, so all nine precincts will be set up in the high school, and then depending upon what precinct, you get the ballot vote, et cetera, et cetera. Yes, do your civic duty, cast yeah. a ballot. So lots of, next couple of weeks, uh, lots of ways to, to be a part of the democratic process. Mm -hmm. For sure. And, and just be, be being prepared, which is one of the things that I've been helping to try to do. You know, thankfully, you and some of the other candidates on both sides. So we may end up with about 15 of the 17 candidates, all things crossed between town council and school committee. We may end up with about that many uh, interviews conducted, et cetera, so that the voters will be able to be informed. They'll know, oh, this is what Dave said. This is what Dave said. This is what whoever said, et cetera, et cetera. So, yeah, it's, it's been busy. That's, you know, fantastic. Cause it's not as hotly a contested election mm -hmm. as, as it has in the past, but it's, it's still incredibly important just to, to get to know all, you know, who's running, what they stand for. And if you have any questions, too, I don't want to speak for everybody, but at least for myself, if you if you see me walking around Franklin, uh, you know, waiting in line at Elizabeth Bagels, you know, feel free just to ask me a couple of questions. Mm -hmm. I'm, I've got many hours of meetings worth of knowledge just kind of kicking around in my head <laughs> and uh, love to uh, to answer anything for you, anybody in the community. Well, thank you for taking time out of your day today to uh, share the recap of the school committee meeting last week. And um, yeah, thank you. Absolutely. Always a pleasure. Thanks for the opportunity. And for the listeners, quick last reminder, we do this because Franklin matters. We are now producing this in collaboration with Franklin TV and Franklin Public Radio. This podcast is my public service effort for Franklin, but we can't do it alone. We can always use your help. How can you help? If you can use the information that you find here, please tell your friends and neighbors. If you don't like something here, please let me know. Through this feedback loop, we can continue to make improvements. And I thank you for listening. For additional information, please visit franklinmatters.org. If you have questions or comments, you can reach me directly at suresteve at gmail.com. The music for the intro and exit was provided by Michael Clark and the group East of Shirley. The piece is titled Ernesto Manana, copyright Michael Clark and Tintype Tunes in 2008, and used with their permission. I hope you enjoy. By the way, you can also subscribe and listen to Franklin Matters Radio on your favorite podcast app. Search in podcasts for Franklin Matters.